I intuitively knew that that's what my body needed. And I didn't question it. I just went with it. And I answered the call. And I told her, yes, you get to have this. This is for you. Let's go there. Hi there. I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to Ceremony Wellness, where we integrate modern healing and ancient wisdom. Learn from the most impactful voices in health, wellness, and spiritual development as we guide you through the latest healing remedies and alternatives to the traditional path. I'm here to support you as you break limiting patterns, embrace your wild, and let go of the noise. It's time for us to rise together. Hello, my loves. I am back by myself got away from this for a while. I did a solo episode a few weeks ago. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it because it's kind of the beginning of this episode. I got about an hour and 20 minutes in and I realized we need to continue this. So I will do another show. But I love the questions that are pouring in and the fact that you guys trust me to send me questions about the most intimate, sometimes most painful details of your life and have a conversation with me and Hope that I will take that and answer it in a kind and graceful and loving way while also being very honest. It's pretty uncomfortable sometimes. And I love that I get to share this with you. So thank you for all the questions. We have a lot to cover in this episode. So much of it is about being present in your body, choosing yourself, sexuality, healing from a variety of things and ways allowing for change and flow, how to advocate for yourself, using your voice, making noise, not identifying as being sick, feeling safe, letting go of control. How many times can I say that? Letting go of control, letting go of control. That's what I'm working on. And knowing that it's okay when you don't have the answers. So we're going to get into all of that in this one. Before we do... I just want to share a little bit with you about Fleur, my favorite fragrance and candle company. I love what they're doing with their standards. Not only the product inside of the packaging, but the packaging itself. They think through every step of the process and they are so next level. I wear all of their perfumes. I have candles throughout my house that they have created. It's a beautiful aesthetic that fits anywhere. But I love what they do because... Nothing they create disrupts your hormones. And for someone who lived with chronic illness for 14 years, that's a huge deal for me. And it should be for you too. You have to focus on what you're putting on your body or what you're inhaling, not just what we're eating. Because your skin is your largest organ. So if you're putting something on your skin and you have hormone issues and it's not non-toxic, what are we doing here, peeps? Like, let's get really serious about the way we're treating our bodies. and the standards that we hold for the products that we use. So I can't recommend Fleur enough. It's P-H-L-U-R. If you go to my shop, kellytenant.com slash shop, find Fleur, candles, fragrances, the whole nine. You can use the code KellyT for 20% off all their products, including the sample fragrance kit. I am a personal lover of Sandara. So if you need a recommendation from me, that's my fave. It's not florally at all. It actually is kind of masculine. I'm a big fan of that masculine scent, probably because I love the way Connor smells. 
No, he does not smell like Sandara. He smells like dirty outside gym boy situation, usually. However, I love Fleur. So make sure you check them out. Let me know how you love them. I love when you guys get their products and share that with me. So let's get on to this episode. I want to talk about fears. I think that we could all relate and agree when I say fears are prevalent for all of us. For me, fear and control go hand in hand. And it seems like what's coming up for me right now is that I feel like I'm letting go of control. And just when I think I've let it go and I've moved through this idea of having to control everything, it shows up somewhere else. And in the conversations I'm having with the people I'm working with and with Connor and in our relationship, for the most part, it seems that I like to be in control in order to make myself feel better and safer. And that shows up, for example, if Connor's doing something and it's not what I would do or a decision I would make, or I feel like he is maybe dealing with something or feeling a little chaotic or overwhelmed, I feel the need to step in and control him. And what happens is if he feels better, then I feel better. And so by controlling his actions and his decisions and telling him what to do and thinking for him and sometimes speaking for him, I'm actually making myself feel better through that. And sometimes if he's working through something and he's in his process, I will step in and try and put a Band-Aid on it and make him feel better so that I don't have to experience his sadness, anger, confusion, whatever emotion he's dealing with. That's not fair. It's not fair to him, and it's not fair to me. And the whole thing is about my fear of not having control, not having the answers, not knowing what to do. And that brings me to the next thought of, I have sort of always had the answer. I've always figured it out. And I'm in a place right now where there's a lot happening for me that I don't have answers for. And I feel confused. And I'm working with this woman and she said to me, Kelly Tennant has always had the answers. What if you just sit with the fact that you don't have an answer for something right now? I wish you guys could have been there to see my face. <laughs> I was like, um, no. I said, okay. Um, while internally I was like, screw you, lady. <laughs> and I sat with that for a second and I thought, hmm, this is interesting. What if I don't have the answer? What if I don't know what's going to happen? What if I let go of the expectation or the idea of what it was supposed to look like or be like? And what if I just sat in that place of not knowing for once? And that brings up a lot of fears in me. I even, an hour before I started recording this, I was sitting in bed working on my event, Ceremony Wellness Live. And as of this recording, I'm five weeks out from this event. And I felt so overwhelmed 
by all the things I had to do. And truly, my fear is that I'm creating this event that I feel so strongly about, that I truly believe in for all of you. And it's the event that I needed when I was truly, truly sick and felt disconnected and didn't have a tribe. And my fear is that something's going to go wrong or something will not match my expectation or my vision in my head. I have literally envisioned the whole day happening already multiple times, which creates expectations, which allows me to feel control. So if anything veers from that, I'm like, am I going to be a failure? Is everyone going to hate me? If the bag doesn't look exactly the way I thought it was going to seven months ago when I started planning this, does that mean all hell has broken loose? And so this fear and this control is really almost keeping me in this prison. And I'm starting to see that on the surface, I may not be as controlling. And I do feel a lot more wild and free, which is, that's the feeling I'm working towards, is truly being wild and free and allowing myself to be that woman. But as I dig and dig and dig, I realize that I'm finding ways to control others and myself in a variety of ways. So I I almost like manipulate or fool myself into believing I'm not controlling anymore, but when in reality, I'm really controlling from a different place. And so I say all of this to encourage you because I think control is something that so many women deal with. And this is a, a huge root problem and fear for us that we get to work through. So I encourage you to look at all of the ways in which you are controlling things or Attempting to, because we know it's an illusion, right? We don't actually have control of a lot of stuff. But look at everywhere you're trying to control. Look at your expectations. And then take a step back and get really honest with yourself about why you're doing that. And I wrote a post uh, yesterday about when I feel out of control, I feel unsafe. So I try to control things so that I feel safe. That doesn't mean that that's your core wound or your trigger of why you control things. But if, if I want to feel safe in my body and envir- my environment, I feel this need to control everything. So that's where I am and that's how I'm working through things of not letting fear take over, really sitting with the feeling and understanding that It's okay not to have the answer. It's okay to let go. And it's all about the process to getting there. And day by day, learning from experiences and being so honest with yourself. Even when it doesn't feel good, sometimes we have to take responsibility for things we do that don't feel good. And maybe that means apologizing to yourself. I'm saying, wow, I'm so glad that I have felt like I wanted to protect you from being hurt or keeping you safe. And this is how I feel it's been necessary to do so. But I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to control everything in order to feel safe. 
So I'm going to let go of the reins now and we're going to be okay. And I'm sorry that I put that pressure on you to feel the need to control. That's not for us anymore. We have bigger work to do. That's a really special conversation to have with yourself. So in that vein, something I've talked a lot about is journaling and how that changed my life. I started doing it in December and as I was going through difficult things, it really allowed me to get a lot of the anger and the fear out. And then I was able to move into a state of manifesting and asking for what I wanted and getting really clear about what I wanted my life to look like, the work I wanted to do, how I wanted to show up in the world, the relationship I I desired. And now I'm in this interesting place where journaling is still so prevalent, but it's become somewhat of second nature for me. And now I realized, okay, I really got outside the box. I really pushed my comfort zone by journaling. And that's amazing. But how can I push myself a little further to start working through things? And what I realized was that dancing and movement makes me very uncomfortable. So the funny thing is, my body wants to move and she wants to dance. But I have not been allowing that because of fear, of looking silly, of dancing poorly, of, I don't know, dropping in to this feeling. So what I noticed, especially during plant medicine ceremonies, is that I danced the whole time. And if I'm not dancing, I'm on all fours and I'm moving my body or I'm shaking or I'm doing yoga during an ayahuasca ceremony because that's what my body wants. She wants to move. So I'm learning that in order to move energy that is stagnant or toxic or no longer for me out of my body, I I get to move and I get to dance. So a couple weeks ago, I was sitting on the couch with Connor and I just looked at him and I was having sort of a stressful day and I felt a lot of anxiety in my chest as I breathe. I said, babe, I know you have a client call in 20 minutes. And while you're on that call, I'm going to go in our room and I am going to cry. I really need to cry. And I just need to let go of this like overwhelm and this, this fear, this anxiety I'm feeling. And he's like, okay. So he goes on his client call for an hour. He's outside and I'm in our room and I'm listening to music. And it starts out with pen and paper sitting in front of me. And I'm like, ready to journal. Like, all right, let me channel my guides. Let me get into this. I'm going to just journal my little heart out. So my intention's so good and semi trying to control my experience. So I, I sit in the bed and I just start getting really quiet with myself and really present. And I took many, many, many deep breaths like that. And I dropped in. And I play this playlist. And if you want this playlist, send me a DM. It's called The Surrender Playlist. And I will send it to you. But I created it just for this. So present in my body, start breathing. 
And I'm sitting there and I'm just crying, 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 crying and letting all this stuff flow out of me. And then I I move the journal. I'm like, all right, I'm not ready to write yet, but I really want to be on all fours. So I'm in bed on all fours, just moving, almost kind of like an animal. If you can picture this, just like in pajamas on our bed, just kind of moving slowly, almost like you're warming your body up. And as I did that, I just kept putting my head down. And that's been a big thing for me is coming from a place of humility in all this work. And so I'm doing that for a while and I'm listening to the music and I'm really feeling it and I'm listening to my body. I'm like, what does she want right now? Let me honor this. And all of a sudden I hear this, I want to dance. So I didn't question it. I turned the music up louder and I got up on my knees and I started dancing. I'm talking, whipping my hair back and forth, sweating, dancing on my knees on my bed. Looking in the mirror, I'm watching, we have full length mirrors in our room and I'm watching myself dance. And I had a couple moments where I was like, really doing this right now? And then I thought, no one can see me. Who cares? Who cares if I look dumb or this is weird or I'm totally off my rocker right now? Who cares? I was feeling this energy flow through my body that was so profound. And it was like every time I moved, this weight lifted off of me. And I just kept thinking, wow, how beautiful is this? That I I have moved through so many phases of feeling of anger and fear and sadness. And now I'm I'm in my body, I'm present, I'm present, and I'm feeling this power and this beautiful feminine energy and supporting myself and truly having my own back because I'm listening to what my body needs. And then I'm like 45 minutes into this and I'm sweating. My hair is matted to my body. Hunter is still on the phone. I turned the music all the way up. I think I changed the playlist because I was like, no, I need dance music. I got out of bed. I was like, I need to be standing and dancing. Oh, I went for it, you guys. I went for it. Probably 25 minutes dancing now, fully dancing, standing, moving. I felt so sexy and so present and so grounded, and I no longer had any anxiety. (laughs) Then Connor walks in and he's like, what's happening? And I was like, I just needed to dance, babe. Let's have a dance party and like bring him to me. And I'm like dancing with him. And he he wasn't super into it, which was fine because it wasn't for him. It was for me. He's like, I'm going to let you have this party. And I was like, okay. And he like left and closed the door and I just kept going until I felt I was ready to be done. And I thought it was so funny that I wanted to journal so badly. (laughs) Journaling is the only way to get anything out of my body. It is an amazing tool, but guess what? So is movement and so is dancing. I intuitively knew that that's what my body needed. And I didn't question it. I just went with it. And I answered the call. And I told her, yes, you get to have this. This is for you. Let's go there. 
So maybe journaling is not for you. Maybe it's for you, but sometimes. Maybe taking a walk at the beach or having your feet in the dirt. That's how you move through. Maybe it is crying and maybe it's dancing or yoga. I cried for an hour through yoga on Monday because I knew that's what my body needed. I cried through every pose and I didn't care. I'm sure people could hear me. It doesn't matter. My body told me that's what she needed. I think sometimes we get so controlling about what our healing experience is supposed to look like. We watch influencers online, wellness influencers. It's like, oh, well, she does this every day, so I have to do that. And if I miss a day, then there's something wrong with me. Sometimes I don't journal for a week, but I dance and I get out and I walk at the beach and I meditate and I just get quiet with myself or I take a bath and I'm just really present. And that's how I'm working through my stuff. And then I come back to journaling when it feels appropriate. You don't have to do it any one way. The only thing that you get to do for yourself is to listen to your body and honor her. And that brings me to another point, which I never, ever thought about until I heard this amazing woman, Jamie Lee Finch. She is considered a sex witch. That's what she calls herself. She left evangelical Christianity. Look her up. Listen to her on podcasts. um, Read her book. I can't. I don't know what the book is called right at this moment, but Jamie Lee Finch, that's all you need to know. I'm listening to her on a podcast and she's talking about her body and she's referencing her as her, not it. And I thought, that's interesting. I wonder why. And I don't remember the whole reason as to why she does that, but This was my takeaway from it, which that's all that matters, right? Whatever resonates with us, whatever works for us, we get to take that and implement it into our lives. When you talk about your body as it, like my knee doesn't feel good and it is tired or my body is tired even, it's like you're disassociating and disconnecting from your own body. And maybe this isn't for you, but it really sat with me and I have been making a conscious effort of talking about my body as a her because I talk a lot about the inner child experience too and that healing. And so if you're a man, if you're female identifying or male identifying and you're talking about your inner child, I talk about my inner child as a little girl and I talk about her. And that's how I feel about my body too. My body is a her. My body is a almost like this entity that I get to honor and, and listen to. And she has feelings and needs and thoughts and experiences and trauma and emotions. And I want to treat her like someone that I love and I care about and that I want to take and who I want to take care of. So I call her a her because then that reminds me that it's not an object. My body is not an object. She is having this experience. And how am I honoring her and listening to her? 
it allows me to feel so much more connected. So if that's something that resonates with you, try it out. It might feel weird at first. A lot of things feel weird at first. And then we realize we like it. Like masturbation. (laughs) That was a really good segue. Can I give myself credit for that? So self-pleasure. I am starting to realize more and more every day that pleasure and sexuality are gateways to healing. And I'm sure for many of you listening, this might be a foreign concept. And to me, I don't fully comprehend every facet of this yet. But the more and more I learn, the more it makes sense to me and the more I'm personally experiencing it in my life. So what I see is that what's happening in the bedroom alone or with others is actually perfectly mirrored in regular life when you're not having a sexual experience. So for example, if you don't use your voice and you don't speak up for yourself or ask for what you want in your life, you are likely not asking for it in bed and vice versa. If you are shameful of your body when you're naked, alone in the mirror or with a partner, you are likely walking around this earth so insecure about your body with deep body shame and wounding. So that being said, the more I learn about my sexuality and the way I have suppressed it and not spoken up for myself and not protected myself and not felt safe in my body and not trusted men and not trusted myself and not being present or grounded or fully here in this human experience, I realize that that has been a direct link to my chronic illness. I didn't choose to be in my body every day. I didn't like my body. I didn't like her. I was angry at her. I was angry at the way she was treated and the way she treated herself. I was mad that she didn't look a certain way. I was mad that I chose in this body to not show up fully as myself and be inauthentic and almost feeling like I've been living somewhat of a lie by not allowing people to fully see me and not seeing myself. And that showed up sexually for me. So in bed, never asking for what I wanted, never focusing on my own pleasure, never touching myself, shutting down self-pleasure and masturbation at five because I was told it wasn't okay and not doing it again for 15 years, maybe longer. So starting to get curious about what it is 
that your body wants and asking her or him what he or she needs, how they like to be touched, how they experience pleasure and ecstasy, where they feel numb, where they don't like to be touched, where they're scared to be seen physically, where they're disconnected. I also experienced the upper half of my body and my heart and my mind being disconnected from the lower half in my pussy. And I was talking to this girl that I've been working with. She, I, I kind of have a mentor role with her and she's been really sick and dealt with a lot of mental health issues and working through anxiety. I'm so proud of her because she is doing the work and taking a look at what's happening. But I said to her, I said, look, I know this makes you uncomfortable and you don't have to say it to anyone else, but it's okay to say pussy. Take that power back. And our reproductive organs and our womb space and our vagina and our vulva and all these words and things and concepts that we likely weren't taught as we were young or even getting older, I'm just learning this in the last six months. (laughs) Taking that power back that we've given away and saying things that are maybe taboo or we weren't allowed to say when we were little and owning it. Pussy power is a thing for a reason. Breathing from that place. Breathing in and out through your pussy allows you to be grounded. Allows you as a woman to be in your feminine. Truly. But if you're not doing that, how are you supposed to be connected with yourself? It's beyond the heart space. It's bigger and better and more magical than that. Connecting your heart to that. That's where the power is. Allowing yourself to experience pleasure. And if you haven't been, asking yourself why. Why do I not feel pleasure? Why have I never had an orgasm? Why can I not have an orgasm with a partner, but I can have one by myself? Why can I have one with a partner, but not by myself? Why do I feel so disconnected? Why do I feel so in my head? Why am I so scared to come up with fantasies and ideas of what I find sexy or hot or a turn on? Where am I shaming myself and where have I been shamed? that I have now shut this part of me down. Something that Connor talks a lot about is the lack of porn he's watched in his life. He can count on one hand, basically, the number of times he's seen porn. And he believes that he has an imagination that allows him to be turned on and calls that a superpower. Because so many people, millions and millions of people watching porn 
are not able to just get quiet in their own head and come up with a scenario that makes them feel good and sexy and turned on and able to experience orgasm. So we are numbing ourselves out and watching something that takes us out of our bodies and we are not present in. So what if you really got curious in your imagination and allowed yourself to go there? And sometimes that means that things will turn you on that you maybe thought were not okay before. Maybe there's another person in there with you. Maybe there's two people with you. Maybe you are, you believe regularly that you're straight, but in your fantasies, you're not. Maybe you're into types of sex that you've never experienced before because you haven't allowed yourself to. And you can engage with that and find that by allowing yourself to just imagine. No one else is going to know unless you tell them. It's for you. It's for your own exploration and your own presence in your body. What a beautiful gift. On this note too, using sex toys to experience pleasure. What an amazing tool. Vulva mapping, if you haven't heard of it yet, is something that you can do this with your fingers, but you can also do this with toys and experiencing different types of pleasure, but you can see what feels good to you. And there are different erogenous zones around your body that like to be touched in certain ways. And there are other places where maybe you're shut down a little and you're numb from an experience, but we haven't explored it yet. And using toys and getting curious can help you get there. Think of it as a tool and a resource. It doesn't have to be this dirty, sexy thing that is super taboo and you need to do it with a partner or you need it because you can't orgasm. It doesn't have to be any of those things. And it doesn't have to be about orgasming. But exploring and knowing your own body is so powerful. One of my favorite companies, I love them. They're called Plus One. They make so many different types of toys. And they're all non-toxic. They have no phthalates. They're BPA-free. There's no latex. They have personal massagers and many different types of toys that you can use in a lot of ways. There's an air-pulsing arouser that will help your clit feel things you never knew you could feel. and. They even have this vibrating ring that Connor and I used together that went around his dick. See, guys, I just want to be honest with you. I get a little nervous saying these things too publicly, so don't feel bad about yourself. I'm still working on this too. So you're experiencing this with me. But we put it on him and then I was on top of him. And it was amazing for both of us. The thing I love about Plus One is that pleasure is not a luxury. But there are so many 
toys out there that are so expensive and so inaccessible. And Plus One makes it possible for all of us to experience pleasure in so many ways. If you go to myplusone.com, you can see all their products. You can type in your zip code. You can find a retailer where you can purchase them. I know in LA, they're in a bunch of different targets. And the Air Pulsing Arouser is in Walmart. So you have a lot of different options. But take a look at what's available to you and start getting curious. We actually... We posted some videos when they sent us like this box of toys and Connor turned them all on and they were like dancing on the on the table, which was hilarious. But so many of our friends thought we were ridiculous and they ended up messaging us, messaging us saying, we bought this, we bought that. And it was all from Plus One. And they have all said they love the products. They're so simple and so clean and really accessible. That is just another way for you to get in your body and to understand yourself. And the more you play with yourself, the more you know yourself, and the more confident you will be stepping in the bedroom with a partner. And let me tell you how sexy it is when someone comes in knowing what they want and is like, let's play together. Let's explore together. Because as you work through your shame and your trauma and your pain, You can show up for someone else and help them do the same and be a mirror for them. What a beautiful gift. The question that I get about working out that I love is, how do you allow for change and flow in your workouts without pushing it too hard or forcing it? So having been a former college volleyball player and very high level, very competitive, very high achieving. It's really hard for me to not just go for it and push myself beyond my limits and be super competitive and try and be the best. So this is something that I've been working through For the past 15-ish years, ever since I stopped playing because I was so sick for so long that I had to allow for a different type of quote-unquote workout because sometimes that meant just doing down dog or cat-cow and that's the extent of what my workout could be. Or I would just go walk for 10 minutes and that was taxing for my body on days when I was really sick. And now... I don't really feel sick at all, to be completely honest. I really feel healed from all of the chronic illness. So my workouts have ramped up and are, are very intense and I'm lifting pretty heavy weights. I'm almost squatting what I used to squat when I was 18 years old. Max squatting at USC as a college volleyball player, I'm almost doing now. And I just started living, lifting heavy again a couple months ago. That feels really good. But what I have learned through injuries and illness over the last 15 years is that leaving space for this flow and this change is so important and it's a way of honoring your body. So I really just get in touch with what she wants. 
like today. I didn't have a workout scheduled. I had a call at 8 a.m. I got up, I drove to the beach, I got a coffee, and I went for a walk. I walked for an hour and I worked up an amazing sweat. And I thought, oh, how great. My body really just wanted to walk. And then I started feeling really good the more I walked. So then I went and did the stairs. So I walked up and down the stairs for half an hour. So I ended up having a pretty long workout, but I wasn't lifting weights. I wasn't running. I wasn't in a really intense class with loud music. I was at the beach getting grounded, being super present, talking to my girlfriend and having a work call, but moving and sweating. So it's about not shaming yourself for not always doing the super hard workout. And it's about listening to your body. This is something we just don't do enough of. And I feel like this whole show is about this. Listen to your body, ask her or him what they need. I like this next question. What do I do if I'm financially stuck? And I know it's not what I want to be doing, but I don't know how to get out of it. Mm. (sighs) Finances, guys. It's a thing. It's a thing. We have to pay for stuff, which I don't know, seems overrated. (laughs) I get it. Finances dictate so much of what we do or don't do in this life. And it feels very limiting so often. It's like, I want to do this thing, or I really believe in this, or I want to expand into this. And then we look at our bank account and we're like, well, how do I create a website? I am trying to just make rent this month. A lot of people call this a side hustle. I don't necessarily believe in grinding or hustling in the context of working hard. I believe in grinding in other ways. (laughs) But I did used to grind and hustle so hard when I was a TV host and it drove me into the ground. So I'm not here for that. What I am here for is working on your passion project on the side while you continue to make money. And I have a girlfriend that I had this exact conversation with and she's really been struggling with her finances and she's working in a bar and she hates her life at the bar. She hates it. It's so dark. It's so toxic. She's up late. She you know, doesn't get up early because she's up so late and then her day is just trash and all these things. I get it. I mean, I've never worked in a bar, but I understand how hard that could be. She's like, it's not what I want to do. How do I do personal development and continue to grow and work on myself and figure out what it what is that I really want to do with my life? And I told her to just look at the bar as her financial stability. That she doesn't have to give in to the dark emotions and experience that the bar brings. She gets to choose the energy in which she walks through the door with. She gets to choose. No one else chooses that for her. Is that where she wants to be? No. But sometimes when it comes to finances and work, we do things that aren't meant for us in order to create a foundation and stability to be able to do the things that are meant for us. And this is where 
journaling and moving your body and getting quiet and listening to your body and creating a type of energy that allows you to manifest and build your dream on the side while you still have a paycheck. And then once you build that and you're in a place where you're ready to go and you start making money with that, then you can slowly let go of this thing that you didn't want to be doing to begin with. But how are you supposed to be good at creating the thing on the side if you're going to your quote-unquote regular job or your nine-to-five and you're miserable for a majority of the day? Where's the creative juice going to come from? Where's the joy and the gratitude and the excitement coming from? I mean, that is kind of a mindfuck going from a nine to five you hate and then coming home and being like, all right, I'm just going to switch gears now and be super happy and creative and just totally abundant. Doesn't work that way, you guys. Going into your work and choosing your energy there will overflow into everything. So yeah, sometimes we do things we don't want to do in order to get to a place where we actually want to be. Create a plan. Hold yourself accountable. Come from integrity. Get clear about what you want and why and do it. Something that's funny with wellness is that we get caught up in doing all of the latest trends. And what I'm doing for Ceremony Wellness Live is interesting because... We're in this house called the Hummingbird Temple. And I've created an experience where you have access to all of the resources and the people that I have utilized to help me heal. So Ayurvedic doctor, functional doctor, coaches, energy healers, speakers, authors, brands, products. Cryo, acupuncture, cupping, body work, chiropractic. And these are all really important. And I'm so excited to offer this day to you. A whole day that you get to be in a place dedicated to your healing, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I love that. The funny thing is, Every person in that room who has helped me in any way, the thing they always go back to is stress, trauma, breathing, and movement. We have to physically move stuff out of our bodies. So as much as the latest wellness trends have a place, If you go and talk to Dr. Lekos or Marta Sofer or Myo Detox or any of the speakers and healers I have there, they will all get back to, well, where's your stress? Are you working through the experiences in your life that are causing you to feel anxiety and stress and a need for control? Are you breathing? Are you moving your body? 
Are you consciously moving your body in ways that serves your healing? So I would ask you the same. Are you going to wellness events? Are you paying crazy amounts of money for people to do something to you to fix you? Are you taking 7,000 supplements from 20 different companies because you think that's the answer? Supplements have a role. I took them when I was healing. I still take some. I barely take any supplements anymore. I'll check in with my body, do blood work, see where I am, see what my body is missing or needs. But I know that supplements are not the answer. Getting clear about the stress levels and the trauma and breathing and movement, that is where the healing comes from. That's why I'm so passionate about this event. Everyone in that room is going to get back to being honest with yourself and working through your stuff. Not taking a pill or a supplement or reading a book or getting a service done that's going to fix you. You are your own healer. You advocate for yourself. No one is going to fix you. There are resources and people to guide you where you want to go. But this comes back to you having a really fucking honest conversation with yourself about what's going on and why and where it's coming from. You get to do that for you. Jumping up and down in an event and I don't know. I just, there's so many things that I think we do in our society and girls our age are so excited to go to things that are distractions from the real work. And I talked about this in my last solo. Let's go deeper. It's time for us. It's time. The more we can move through our stuff, the more joy and fulfillment and freedom we have. And that's our choice to make for us. Another thing that has come up is, and I get asked about this all the time, because I, this is so prevalent, especially in the chronic illness community, is not identifying yourself as a sick person. So I have Epstein-Barr, or I have Lyme disease, or I have cancer. When your illness becomes your identity, your body doesn't want to let go of it. I'm going to repeat that. When your illness becomes your identity, your body doesn't want to let go of it. So you may be deciding in your head, I don't want to be sick anymore. But your body is like, uh, hey girl, this is who we are. You are not taking this from us. So then you sit in it and you're stuck and you don't know why you're not healing. I had a really hard time when I got well. This past fall, I woke up one day and I realized that 
for the last month, I hadn't felt bad or tired or brain fog or pain. And I was really confused. I had been the sick kid my whole life from the time I was, before I was five, all the way up. And then in college with mono and Epstein-Barr and the wrong diagnosis of fibromyalgia, but what they thought was fibromyalgia for 13 years. And then Epstein-Barr and SIBO and chronic fatigue syndrome and leaky gut and MTHFR mutation and microbiome issues and hormone problems. So I got so used to being the sick girl who couldn't do anything, who had no sex drive, who was always tired, always in pain, always in a mood, always had an excuse for why I couldn't live my life. And then I got well and I was like, oh, now I have to live my life and I don't have an excuse not to. I don't know this person. So I kind of started over and that's scary because once you move out of the the physical illness experience, you work in the emotional space. So I knew that now now that I didn't have the excuse of physical pain and fatigue, it meant I had the space to go deep emotionally and that was really scary for me. Because as much as I was in pain for so long, working through trauma and assault and molestation and abandonment and not being chosen and suicidal thoughts and not wanting to be here and not feeling enough and trying to be perfect and all of that, it's really more painful. To choose that is scary. So if you're wrapping your identity around your illness and you're saying, I have X, Y, Z, let's start rethinking about the way you're talking about your illness and the way you're relating to it and allowing it to run your life because it's not for you. And you can work through this. I did not know if I was ever going to be well. I feel awesome. Someone asked me yesterday if I still do the autoimmune protocol. Because I posted something and I was eating bell peppers and spicy food and something else. And and I said no. And I was like, whoa, I don't have to. I healed my gut. I... I've worked through a lot of emotional things to get to a point where my body has space and is clear and is not inflammatory. Now, does it mean I've gone crazy and I'm eating gluten and dairy and grains and refined sugar and drinking a ton and going overboard? No, I take really good care of my body. Whether you're quote unquote ill or not, we should be taking care of our bodies but I don't feel sick and I don't need to be so strict. I have freedom now. I have freedom. Letting go of that identity and that connection to your illness 
is crucial. And what a gift you can give to your body. Say, you don't have to carry this burden anymore. We're going to work through this. We're going to find the way out. You are safe here. I choose you. I choose this life. I choose this body. I'm finding that in the evolution of me and in my growth. That I don't have to be one way. And when you think about an identity, it seems like we're taught that it only means one thing. And for me, so long, it was Kelly Tennant, volleyball player. And then it became Kelly Tennant, fibromyalgia. And now, I don't really have an identity. And you know why? It's because I realized that I am multifaceted. And in order to fully express myself, I leave space for the gray area rather than black or white and labels. It is in the gray area where we truly get to be ourselves, where we don't live by someone else's definition or label for us, where we can fully express who we are, dark and light, sexy, cute, fun, playful, serious, silly, boss bitch, freak. I kept thinking that my wardrobe had to be a certain way and everything needed to fit inside of this box. And if you look at my Instagram, you will understand what I am talking about now. I have a different outfit on every day and there's really no theme. So I'll go from cut up jean shorts and a flannel and a backwards hat to a dress and heels to a flowy ceremony outfit to a crop top and high-waisted skirt and boots. And my hair is curly and wild or blown out and straight. And sometimes I like to wear dark lipstick and other times I don't want to wear any makeup at all. Those are all me. But I had convinced myself and I allowed other people to convince me that I had to be only one of those. I love a good crop top. I love a good pair of Manolos. I love a great flannel from Faraday. I love all my red wing boots. I love backwards hats. And I love blown out hair. And I don't have to fit into anyone else's mold or answer to anyone else except myself. I love myself. I love where I am. I love being with myself. I am proud of myself. And I allow myself to live in the gray area. Because for my body and my heart and my soul, it's what she wants. 
This is how I advocate for myself and choose myself and love myself and truly get to be wild and free and powerful and beautiful and strong and soft for you too. You can throw out the window the old idea of who you were supposed to be. There is no supposed to. It's your choice. You can change the pattern. You can change the choices. You can alter your path. Whatever it is you want, however you want to live, it's for you. It doesn't have to look like me. It doesn't have to look like Connor. It doesn't have to look like your mom and dad or your best friend. It gets to look the way you want it to and you get to be the way you want to be. Present in your body, choosing yourself and safe. And from that place we heal. I love you guys.